I know some of you, or most of you, but there's some people that look new to me since I've been here for a long time. I'm Pastor Ron Beal. I'm a delinquent member of this congregation. (laughs) I haven't been here for a while, but it's good to be back with you. But every once in a while, I am around. So um, how many people do you guess are in this world? What's the latest estimate? 70 million? No. Seven and a half billion. That's a lot of people. And it's growing by at least a billion every 10 years. Seven and a half billion. That's a long number. How many people have ever lived? We have no way of knowing anything like that. But the... uh, Estimates are that there are many people as alive right now as of all human history up to this point. So it might be 15 billion. Let's pretend that you got a number. And this is your number. 12,569,147,804. That's your number. Now remember it. Okay, what is your number? (laughs) Can't remember it, huh? That's a huge number. How does God keep track of all of us? You know, Santa's got to know where we are at Christmas every year, one day a year. But God knows about all of these people every second of our lives. He knows what we've done, what we haven't done. He knows whether we've been naughty or nice, (laughs) even better than Santa. But he knows each one of us. But we're more than just a number. Here's my personal check. It says void on it, so don't get any ideas. Personal check has on it a whole bunch of places for numbers. Up in the right-hand corner is always a place for the month 11, the day 18, and the year 18. 11, 18, 18. Sometimes we have to think, what is today? And then it's got a place for you write it, and then it's got a place for the dollar amount you write in the numbers. And just so that you wrote in the numbers correctly, you have to write it all out in hand, which always seems so stupid to me. Why do you need it twice? Computers can't read our writing anyway. It's got a place for four. It's got a place for my name. But down in the bottom left-hand corner, every check is the same. There's a routing number. There's your personal number and your number for this particular check so you can keep track of it. Numbers are all around us all the time, aren't they? All kinds of numbers. And we hear these numbers expressed in a lot of different variety of ways. Those numbers on our checks are really important, but you can go into a store and you can say, I would like to cash this check. It's got all these numbers on it. They'll ask for what? An ID. Probably your driver's license. It's got a number on it. It's got a date of expiration on it. And then they'll probably ask you the most important question of all, what are the last four digits of your Social Security number? Which says right on your Social Security card, not for identification purposes. Doesn't make sense, does it? 
Those last four numbers, that's what we get asked all the time. Some way they have a way of checking it through computers, and this is who he says he is. This is that particular individual. So checks are important. But we also have different kinds of numbers, too. You got a telephone, either a landline or a cell phone, and you got 10 numbers on that number, right? That's how, that's your number. That's when your phone rings because some dialed, someone dialed those, those numbers, and they had to put the area code in there, too, three numbers. And you live in a certain place, it's got five more numbers. All these numbers going around us. Your credit card's got how many numbers? All together. Yeah, 16 numbers. And then for security purposes, you turn it on the back side, and it's got three or four other numbers there too, doesn't it? Man, we're surrounded by numbers. You try to get someone on the telephone, and you have to go through this long list of possible numbers until you say it finally says, and so punch nine if you would like to speak to an operator. Finally, I get to speak to somebody but i got to go through this all this series of numbers. On 415 every year, which is what? Income tax day. We remember 415. We remember the 1040 numbers. And you look down that long line, and there's all these lines. Number one, you fill in, put more numbers over here. Number two line, you put more numbers in here. Even on an easy form, it's, it's nothing but numbers. And then all of a sudden you submit this, and somehow it gets submitted to some big computer someplace in the world. And it's going to compare your bottom line numbers with what you submitted last year. And if those numbers are out of whack, guess what? You're liable to be contacted by the IRS. Those numbers are indicating whether or not you're cheating, whether you're immoral. So your numbers have something to do with your identification, all kinds of numbers, and perhaps your big number, but your numbers also indicate something about your morality. That's strange, isn't it? Who I am and what kind of person I am. And people don't always know you by your numbers, but we're more than a number. And today I'd like to read to you from... Um, from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 14 to 16. Jesus' words. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep that are not in the sheep pen. I must bring them also. God is in charge. God made human beings. God himself became a human being with a name. At a certain time and place in history. And Jesus was not just a number. Jesus was the very Son of God, our Savior. But how dehumanizing it is in our culture today, and you've heard this kind of thing before, to have all these numbers. And you want to yell out, I am more than a number. More than just a plain number. I'm a human being. And I have a name. And some people forget that. It's kind of neat this week that we have uh, kind of the beginning of the holiday season. Thanksgiving. The time to perhaps come together with family and friends. 
or at least to make contact by phone or whatever. It's a time that we remember Thanksgivings of the past, and eventually later on next month we'll remember Christmases and loved ones. Remember our church family. We assemble around other human beings who are important to us. That's why we're here. We want to know that someone knows us. And your loved ones know you. Hopefully none of your loved ones call you by a number. Unless you're a junior or number third or whatever. But you're a human being. I have a name. It was Jesus who said, even the hairs on your head are numbered. For those of us who are particularly follically challenged, that means it's no big deal to number the hairs on our head. In fact, we could even give them names like Joe, Charlie, Frank, and Lucky. <laughs> you know, the hairs on our head are numbered. God knows that about us, even as he knows the other 12 billion people. Our hairs on our head, our foibles, our good traits, and so forth. Isn't it kind of neat that when you got married, if indeed you got married, that uh, it wasn't the pastor who said to the man, do you take this 7437219-6 to be your lawfully wedded husband, and then vice versa. No, it was Mary and John. You take this person who's got a real name. And isn't it wonderful at the time that you were baptized, the baptismal font, oh, there it is over there, it used to be here, the baptismal font that the pastor... Ask the father, usually, if it's a baby, to be baptized. By what name is your child to be called? He doesn't say, by what number is your child to be called? That number name is important. It's important that you wear your name badges. So the delinquent pastors, when they come back to see you, know who your name is. And you know who my name is. Names are critical. How valuable it is when you hear someone say, your name, as opposed to the other 12 billion. That's your name. And God calls each one of us by name. He knows each sheep by name. And we're that important to Him. Back in the beginning, God created the world, made the first man, he looked around and said, Behold, it's all very good. Yet one item, he says, is incomplete. It's not good to be alone. A single number. It's not good to be unknown. And that's why God gives us to each other. How lonely this world would be, the 12 billion of us, if there weren't others who were close to us. He knows it's important to be a part of a family, to be a part of a, a group like a church, that we have other people who care about us. Jesus said, I know my sheep and they know me. He cares about each one. And then Jesus says in that parable, a shepherd had a hundred sheep. 
and one of them strays away who's lost in the wilderness. What does the shepherd do? He leaves the 99 sheep and searches until he finds the very one which was lost. That very one. You and me. You're more than just a number. You're more than just one of many. You are the one for whom the Son of God died. The Lord has a plan for each one of us. Each and every one of us, even those who aren't in the sheep pen. And he says, I want them to be a part of my family too. I want them to know that I care. I'm going to show a video in just a minute. It's called A Tale of Two Seas. It's only one minute long. A Tale of Two Seas. And the two seas happen to be in Israel that most of you know, Diane and I go to on a regular basis. This next year we'll be there three times. One time spending six weeks in a row. We love that place. It's God's land. It's a holy land. But you know, there are two what we call seas, but they're not really seas at all. They're not oceans like the Mediterranean Sea or the Caribbean Sea. They're really lakes. It's Lake Galilee. It's not the Dead Sea. It's the Dead Lake. Just small bodies of water, 10 miles across or so. But there's a tale that they have to give. Paul, can you run the video? I think you get the message. There's only one conduit that goes into the Sea of Galilee from the north. From Mount Hermon, the snow cap covers way up north, flows into the Jordan River and eventually into the Galilee. And this is the lake that Jesus was on. Three years of his ministry. He spent those three years around that Lake Galilee. Pastor Rocky's going to be going there next year is a part of the Obramagal experience. You've been hearing about that. I want to encourage you to seriously consider that as an option because your life will be changed never the same again. Just as ours has been. And that's why we do it over and over and over. But you know, to see that Jordan River flow into the Galilee and then there's the bap traditional baptismal site at the bottom end of the Sea of Galilee before the Jordan heads off down 
further, all the way through the land of Israel, through the valley, until it gets to that sea, the Dead Sea. It's not much of a river. It's not really much of a creek. But it goes in there, and there's no outlet at all. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. Nothing. There are no amoeba. Nothing. It's just dead. And so it is with our life. We can go through this life and we receive all the blessings from God, like the Jordan River, and it comes through us. We live in this world for maybe 50 or 100 years or whatever it might be, but for some people, it produces life and happiness and joy. And for others, it's a dead-end street. It's true that all of us will one day die but Jesus said, I am interested in all the sheep. I want them to become a part of my flock. I want them to come into my fold as well. It's not just you and me. It's the other 12 billion of us. And you're not responsible for 12 billion. But you and I, friends, are responsible for those 10 or 20 people in our lives for whom we can make a difference by the smiles on our face, by the joy in our hearts. Like the Jordan, it says it gives, it gives water so that things can live and then things can love like we love. Our families, our friends, those who are important to us, and that's why we're here. Traditional African-American spirituals, I believe, are some of the best songs that we have in all of Christendom. We, rather staid Lutheran Christians, it may be strange to our ears, but it shouldn't be. Someday we're going to be singing with joy. One of them goes, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When that roll is called up yonder, I want to be there and with my loved ones. And now one that's uh, probably even more popular among a lot of people, but it's meant to be sung with enthusiasm and joy. And uh, Paul, can you put that on the screen? If you can't find it, oh, when the saints go marching in, the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number. When the saints go, I want you to stand up. And I want you to move around a little bit. I want you to clap your hands. And I want you to sing with a lot of enthusiasm. Oh, when the saints go marching in, when the saints go marching in, oh, I want to be in that when the saints go marching in, when the trumpet sounds the call, when the trumpet sounds the call, oh Lord, I want to be in that. When the trumpet sounds the call, when the saints go marching in, when the saints go marching in, oh, I want to be in that. When the saints go marching in, 
Amen. Hallelujah.